Welcome to the Watch and Learn Show, where we talk about life lessons we learn from movies new and old, and we have a bit of fun along the way. And now, here's the host, Sky and Dusty. Hey, hey, movie maniacs. My name is Sky, and I'm here with my brother, Dusty. Dusty, what is happening? What's up, dude? I am so excited that we are recording an episode, and we're actually doing it in video format, too. So anybody wants to watch us actually talk about it and see us on screen, we are putting this on YouTube. So go to our YouTube channel. Um, the link will be in the description. But uh, we want to get you a part of this, and so we thought it'd be great to actually do this in video. Yep, yep. We'll see how it turns out. See if we actually get anybody watching on YouTube, you know? Oh, man, we're going to get loads and loads of people I watching. Know. <laughs> <laughs> Millions of subscribers in no time. But it's also a way for you and I to, to because we usually just talk. We never actually like look at each other and, and talk. And so hopefully this will be another way for us to get excited. And you can see all my hands flying around and all that totally. stuff. Totally. Yeah, yeah, good. It's always like, you know, face-to-face conversations always better than anything over the phone because you get to react to their body posture, their body language, all that kind of stuff. So hopefully our conversations will be a little bit more more fun and upbeat and energetic this way. Absolutely. And so I'm always trying, I look at the camera, but then I look at your face, which is off. And then I know you're like, oh, I'm not looking at the camera. (laughs) I know I got to do that too. I, I, you know, constantly same thing. But so last week, Dust, when we talked about the Star Wars movie, uh, we said that, you know, or I told you that the new 1917 was going to be coming out. But I guess what I saw online when I Googled it was that it was a limited release, like LA, New York kind of a thing. And it's actually coming out January 10th. So you and I got on the blower a few hours ago and we decided, what are we going to talk about? We can't actually watch 1917 now. And this is what we both decided, a movie that we tried to watch months ago, but we failed because it was out of theaters. We are covering Ready or Not Today. How do you think? What do you think of the movie? Wow. So here's what's interesting. Um I, as I was watching it, the first thing I thought, because I knew, I saw a little bit of the trailers, um, at least, you know, a, a bride trying to be killed and all that. And so I tried to, to be my, killed. Yeah. Or <laughs> trying to kill, to kill her. her yeah. yeah. You're trying to say, that's what I meant. Uh, a yep. uh, uh, poor way to phrase it. Um, they're trying to kill her. That's and also so, the groom on wedding day, I guess. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And so this is interesting. Yeah. Usually there's like, you think of like a shotgun wedding, like the dad has a shotgun making mm-hmm. sure the wife or the, the, the husband marries his daughter because he knocked her up and all that sort of stuff. And this is totally different. But um, it was, it, I wouldn't say I was disappointed because they did a good job. They didn't make it seem, um, no, I wouldn't say unrealistic or realistic at all. Not, like, those aren't not the right words, but the story played along well. And the things that happened in the story, I was excited to see um, and it played okay. Like she's running away, but like, she's not like Rambo and, and not like this coward. I, I I thought the interplay back and forth was pretty good. I was really happy with it. How about you? Good. Yeah, I, I did enjoy it as well. And I was actually expecting her at some point because these are just normal people. Uh, they, they might be rich people or whatever, but they're just average people coming after you with guns and stuff. I was expecting her to turn around and flip it on them and start hunting them. But I was kind of happy that we did see that uh, it, it played out differently and the family died a different way instead of her picking them off one by one, which was what I expected, you know, in the in the movie poster, because I never watched the trailer ahead of this. The movie poster, you see her sh- holding the big elephant gun with the bandolier, you know, and so I was thinking, hey, she's going to go hunting herself against the family. But I really like how it played out and just the overall story, although, of course, it's totally unbelievable ghosts and spirits all that kind of stuff and uh but it was still a fun movie a a pretty good take on a horror like um we've seen quite a few 
uh, surviving the game, or there was uh, maybe that might have been the one with Ice T when he was being hunted out in the woods by Gary Busey and stuff. You know, uh, we've seen a lot of this, but so this was a, an interesting new take. All kept, all contained, like within one house or one estate. Yeah, it was really, really neat. And um, so I would have to, I want to jump right in the grade because I did say that I enjoyed it. I thought that the story, they had some really good ups and downs, but you know, always it comes down to the rewatchable factor. I will literally never watch this movie mm-hmm. again. Um, after going through it one time, I was like, okay, I wasn't upset that I watched it. Um, I'm not a big horror movie fan. So this, w- and I think that this wasn't necessarily a horror movie in a sense. It's like, it's a more of an action, a little bit Comedy. of horror. Yeah. And at the same time, like, I guess I'm not a fan of um, horror movies like, um, I don't know, The Ring, where it's like some supernatural thing that's like chasing them. No, it's, it's even though there was some supernatural stuff, obviously Satan, there were sat- Satanists or Satanic people, um, even though that was part of it, it wasn't like Satan was going after him. It was the people going after her. So um, that's why I think it was it was fairly good, but I will never watch it again. I did have a decent time watching it. I thought the way it played out was really, really good. I, because I didn't watch it again, it's going to go to a lower grade. What do you think I would give this movie? My guess is you're giving it a D plus. That's a good point or a good, great thought. I'm thinking a solid D oh, a plus okay. a plus would actually give it to where like, yeah, I would recommend it. Well, no, I take that back. I, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and say, you know what a D plus. Cause as I'm looking back now, I'm watching it in my brain really like two seconds as I'm talking D plus is actually pretty good because I came away with thinking it wasn't bad, but I'll never watch it again. And so we, you and I stay away from C's because C's anybody can just throw out a C I'm going to give it a D plus because it was okay to watch it one time, but I'll never watch it again. How about you? Gotcha. I'm kind of along the same as you. I don't know that I will ever watch it again, but for anybody like me who enjoys me, who enjoys horror, mo- horror movies, you enjoy comedies as well. This one satisfied both of those elements, both of those genres for me. And so if you're like me and you like those kinds of things, I, I do recommend this movie. You're going to get a kick out of it at least the one time. Maybe you'll never watch it, you know, a second, third. You won't buy it on DVD, but um, you'll you'll enjoy it that first time. So I give it a B for that, for that reason oh, right there. But I B. have a question for you. So- all throughout the movie, I didn't mention or I don't recall them saying the word or the name Satan at all. And at the very end, they say, hail Satan or something along those lines. That was kind of weird to me. What oh, Was that I, an element that I just missed earlier in the movie? So, no, not, you didn't miss it. But you have to know that Satan, uh, because I read the Bible every day, every single night. I read the Bible to my kids. I read the Bible all the time. And I know that Satan has many names. like. Hundreds of names, it seems like. Um, do you know one was of his Labelle one of them? LaBelle was not, but there's one that's very similar. Do you know what it is? I can't think of it. So very, very close to it. But when it said LaBelle, I didn't really, because it was oh, a, a person. But then when they said, oh, he's the only one that saw LaBelle sitting in the chair. I'm like, oh, that's kind of weird. And LaBelle, okay. What about Beelzebub? Beelzebub is the is, is Satan's name. Um, he was Lucifer as well. When he was an angel, his name was Lucifer. And then he also goes by Beelzebub, um, Beelzebub. So many different names that you would call him. But absolutely, as soon as I got kind of got the picture that this was when the dad was telling that story, I was like, oh, this is kind of weird. But then I realized, okay, there's something spiritual, I guess, with this. But when they started saying LaBelle 
And as obviously, when you see her standing on the um, what is it, the the star, the what is, I can't remember what like, like the Satan star, you see her on there, like oh crap, this is exactly like this is a Satan uh, family. Yeah, uh, but that was at the end of the movie, right? That we saw that. Yeah. So, but yeah, up so until then, I was oblivious to that possibility. Yes, and I think that's why they did it was because you're finding out as she finds out about the sort of stuff, which is really really cool. Um, and so as the dad's talking, explaining, apparently Satan came to him and said, and I'm going to say, you know. I'm not um, the type of person that says, hey, you know, any a lot of people might say rich people are bad, poor people are good at the same time. Oh, you have an idea, but let me finish this quick thought. Um, I'm okay with this movie because normally I would be like, oh, man, they're always against rich people. But here's the thing. I have no doubt in my mind because I believe in God. I believe that there is a Satan. I believe God's stronger than Satan. Satan's a created being. Um, God's God because of that. Satan also, as I read the Bible, Satan has the ability to give um, uh, riches and wealth and things to people. And so he literally, I believe, has the power because another name, he's the prince of this world. And he has the ability over this world to give somebody power. And I believe possibly there are families that I've heard of. Not sorry. There are families that like big names, like I would. I, I'm not going to throw any names out because I don't want to. I don't want to sound bad. The Johnsons, but, next yeah, door. <laughs> so big name families that have gen- generational. Like I have no doubt that that is possible because of what I've read in the Bible. And then not saying this movie's real, but I I can perceive how it could be. Anyways, what was your thought that you had uh, as you were speaking and what you were just now getting to? It just reminded me of the Devil Went Down to Georgia. That old song. Um, you know, looking for a soul to steal. He was looking for a soul. He gave the Ladomas family or, or the matriarch or the patriarch of the family back in the day, this deal, you know, uh, you always play this game, you do this kind of stuff and I'll make you rich. And then bam, they got rich. They stayed rich for a long time. And then now this is the result. Finally, they failed to keep up their end of the bargain. And then bam, blood balloons pop and he gets all their souls now. I, I think is, and I just now put that together after talking to you just now. Exactly. And that's exactly. And that's why I said they love it because they are rich. That's they, they, that's all they care about is his possession. Now, what's interesting, because obviously, because I read the Bible, believe in God, what happens with your wealth, wealth and riches, like as soon as they exploded, did they have those wealth and riches anymore? No, no, no. Like it's a proven fact. 100% of the people die. Like everybody dies. And so it's like, if you put all your eggs in one basket, meaning this life, when you die, you can't take it with you. You know, you you come naked, you go naked. And, and so I, my perspective is, my goodness, I would rather look to eternity as opposed to just right now. But uh, what are your thoughts about that? Like, literally, they exploded and they didn't have their wealth anymore. Uh, well, I, I mean, I didn't even think about it in that terms until just now. I really did like that end. And that's probably my favorite scene, watching all those family members, especially the ones, you know, even even the little 12-year-old who was willing to shoot her, like watching them actually blow up. That was pretty, pretty darn satisfying because she didn't get, she wasn't the one to do the do the killing, but they still got their comeuppance in the end. So I was really excited about that. But uh, uh, what was, out of all the different killings, which one was your favorite? Oh, um, hmm. besides the blowing up at the end. Yeah, I, I would say the the my favorite scene is the blowing up at the end where they find they all get that comeuppance. I love the comeuppance that bad people get. But so the all the maids died. Um, um, was there anybody else that died other than the maids? Other than the explosions at the end? I think that was it, right? Oh, holy cow! You might be right. 
Yeah. So I'm pretty oh my sure. Gosh, you're right. Cause yeah. my favorite maid, my, my favorite death was one of the maids, but now thinking about it, nobody died up until then. Um, you're right. Or except the, the older brother, Daniel died or Alex died. Right. Yes. He's the only one. Yeah. yeah, correct. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, got shot, obviously. Yes. Yeah. Um, but the first so- death I really liked because it was so surprising. Uh, when it happened, you know, but, and she was hiding there under the bed with her husband, Alex. And I just found that scene really cool as well. Yeah. If that didn't happen, if that lady wasn't high on cocaine and I would say probably my favorite was getting shot the crossbow. I thought that was like, Oh wait, it just happened. Yeah. Yeah. It just happened. Um, that's the one right I, through her mouth. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so she was still alive. Cause mm-hmm. you know, you don't really die it, that, that you'll you die eventually, out. but it's not mm-hmm. like in the brain where you're, you're gone. But, um, yeah, if, now imagine if you had this and you were the bride, nothing happened. No gunshots, no nothing. They just went, oh, hey, you found me. You know, then they could have done something. But here's what's really weird. It's, is it either, I didn't follow this. Do they kill her when they find her or are they supposed to do the ritual? Is it that they, if it's just to get the ritual, why don't they all have tranquilizer guns and shoot her? You know, it's like, I don't, I don't get that. It's either because they're all, they're all like she has an axe. The one lady has axe. The other guy has, you know, crossbow and all that sort of stuff. It's either kill her now or sacrifice her at the end. What are your thoughts? Yeah. They didn't explain it well enough to, for, for us to really know what the, what the actual rule, what they had to do. And, and my guess is basically they had to kill her, but maybe they've been doing it via this ritual for so long that they've just, they just tried to follow that ritual when possible. I don't recall them saying, well, I don't know. The aunt at one point said we need to do the ritual, right? Some, ah, I can't, I, I think that was a little bit, uh, left unspoken. Like, so in the story, I think they should have, instead of having having weapons, they should have had tranquilizers. But here's a th- thought: you know, if you have somebody with a with an arrow, you shoot somebody with an arrow, they're not going to die relatively most quick. Anyways, likely, unless just, you get the luckiest of shots. Yeah, and so I think that's a, a hole in the story. Not really a hole, but like it's it's a it's a fluke or something in the story that doesn't fit. And so we just have to kind of move on, you know, be completely okay with that. But that was something that got in my brain. Is it the killing uh, while you're hiding, you know, hide and seek, or is it the, uh, the, the, the sacrifice? Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, but yeah, I would say that first kill, if that didn't happen, man, she would just be silly. Just walk around. Okay. You got me. What? And then she gets taken. You know what I mean? So yeah. Yeah. It had to happen that way for her to really realize the danger she was in and to survive. You're right. Because yeah, it would have just been, you found me as I was hiding. No big deal. Now, growing up in that family, what would it take to actually be okay with that? Remember how we talked about the Godzilla movie and how the one lead scientist raised a daughter who was okay with killing billions of people? (laughs) That's the same thing here. You totally screw up as a parent when you raise kids willing to do that. And so these parents... um, both of the sons didn't like doing it, right? They they weren't a part of it. But in the end, Alex, the, the husband, was willing to go through with it for the family. The daughter, her husband, everybody else was willing to do it. They're just one big time messed up family. And I think they're just seduced by the money and the power that they probably have, the influence that they have in the world. And then so they feel that the only way to keep it and it's worth keeping is to murder people or to always go through with the games. And if that requires murder, we're going to do it, which is just a terrible, terrible thing to do. And that leads to one of my lessons. Uh, But we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. So one thing that I noticed inside of uh, who was the main, uh, the, 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 the husband, who was that? What was his name? 
the, the uh, groom. Alex? Alex, yeah. So Was it Alex? Let me just double check. Go ahead. So he heard from the aunt and her, her his dad basically saying, He's going to take over. Like he's been picked to take over everything. And I think that was what got his brain turning and say through this entire process, she's not going to want me. So it's either, you know, living a life that where I'm going to explode or whatever. Like, let me go ahead and kill her now so I can go on and move on because she's not going to want me (laughs) anymore. So he went from loving her and saying, I want to save her to eventually being like, okay, you're not going to want me. Oh, let's just keep. So he's like living in the now is what he's been thinking. Yeah, totally, totally. It's the wrong way to think. And just ultimately the fact that he never told her about the possibilities, never told her the family that she's going to get into, because ultimately when she becomes a Ledomus, just like everybody else, her life is going to be dependent on the family completing this ritual over and over again for every new person that comes in. So you're you're condemning her to this life that you're not happy living in the first place. You're just not a good person as it is, you know, that, that you're not willing to tell her. The person that you love, you're not willing to tell her this, inter- uh, this incredibly important thing. Yeah. And one part also that I didn't like was all the weapons inside the family room are fantastic and they are real. And the dad grabs a shotgun. But one of them is literally a prop. Like, why? Why why would one be a prop? What if I'm walking around like, hey, I like this one. Let me use this one. I just don't get it. I thought that was completely missed the mark. Yeah, for sure. 100%. It should have been a real gun and she should have been able to use it to at least kill the butler, that one guy, or maybe one other person before escaping. Um, because yeah, I think uh, that's a great point. Yeah. Yeah. As, killing as killing the is, butler would have been fun. Yeah, totally. Like anytime you, uh, uh, a rule in movies if you, is if you introduce a gun in scene one, it has to be used by scene two or scene three, right? Like no matter what your weapon that you introduce that should play some kind of a role needs to play a role. And if it doesn't play a role, if it's just there for no reason, it's just a waste. And that gun was a waste because sure, it gives a little bit of tension when she's holding the gun and you think she's going to shoot him and it doesn't work. Uh, That doesn't work for me. Like it needs to be used for what it is. And I remember from Oceans 13, it's a prop for prop's sake. It's really what it is. Just like his nose. It's it's just there because, hey, we just want to give her a, a gun to run around with. So I didn't like that. I thought that was just silly. They could have done it so better, so much better where she actually shoots it and he figures out a way to wrestle it out. And then that would make that hole completely gone. Like the, the issue of that. She could have just, now here's, um, it's, not, it's not a lesson that I wrote down, but this is one that came into the mind. Like, Firearms are great, but I just hit my cord. Uh, firearms are great, but I always hold on a knife. I'm always having a knife on me because you never know if something happens to where you are. You don't need. You don't have your gun. Like they take it away from you. You have close quarter combats. You want to be able to protect yourself in every single way. So you need to have extra. Um, that's an extra lesson for everybody. Have more. Um, and so she could should have grabbed one of the knives or one of the swords as well and had more ammunition because we know from ramp or a commando. The more guns, the better. You kill everybody. Totally, totally, totally. And I don't have my knife on me, but I know my fists are registered as deadly weapons. So I got those at least in case somebody breaks in the house right now. Dude, I'm, you're one step ahead of me. Yep, <laughs> cool beans. So one thing I really did like, um, uh, they were... The whole movie took place basically in that one house, kind of like Victorian, multiple stories, hidden rooms, cool parlor rooms, all this kind of stuff. It was just a beautifully shot movie, nicely dark inside the house at all times, made for a nice mood, a nice horror horror movie kind of mood. And I really, uh, I really appreciated it. The only bright room in the house, I think, was the kitchen, which makes sense. It's a kitchen, right? Everything else was nice and dark, kind of eerie yet beautiful at the same time. So I really like that part of the movie. 
Now, if you were to build a house, what is your thought about having secret passageways and all that sort of stuff like it had in that house? I absolutely love it. And I would really, if I if I had the the square footage and the money to build something that big, it would be awesome to build in a few, maybe not full on uh, passageways and ways to get out of the house, but at least hidden nooks and crannies, you know, where you can, I don't know, just keep stuff. And just the idea that you have this would be pretty cool in your house. And it's absolutely did. They did have that. These, these, I remember going through a couple old, old houses like, um, uh, the Hearst Castle or other uh, Vanderbilts. Like they literally have um, hallways built so that they don't even have to see butlers. You don't have to see them. They just pop out and have food. Now, one part of me is like, oh, that's kind of, that's kind of, uh, sneaky or in a bad way. Like, Let's say you're in your bedroom and there's two doors. You're always, you know, checking out the one door, but all of a sudden, just like we see in the movie, they start kissing, and all of a sudden, Grant, our auntie's right there, just Auntie's standing at you. there. Like, Whoa, yeah, <laughs> yep, yep. I guess that is a worry, you know. But you just keep it always, always locked on your side or whatever. I don't know. I don't know what the answer to that is, but yeah, it would be cool so- to have a house that has that. I would think at least one, like a getaway one, uh, where it's not like leading into your bedroom. I would not want that. I want one entrance, one exit, uh, so I could see bad guys coming. Um, But yeah, having some sort of hallway that is going to be like right in the middle of the house to where you can get away, that'd be pretty, pretty neat to have. But I don't think I'll ever, I guess, have the... um, the foresight, not foresight, but like the desire to have something like that. I just have plenty of firearms everywhere so I can just quickly grab one to protect ourselves. There you go. You got that. I think escape escape passageways aren't exactly all that practical. All they're, they're just, they're cool to have is what they yeah, are. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Cool. So let's get to our lessons. Uh, let me tell you my first lesson. If someone's hunting you, just don't freak out. It is a person. You're a person. They're a person. You don't need to run screaming, right? Stand your ground. Figure out how you could defend yourself. Um, so I, I like in the beginning, she was freaked out, not knowing what to do. But then eventually she decided, oh, you know, I can go to that room where all those guns were and grab a gun. Like she she be- decided to become more proactive instead of freaking out, running around. Um, so it's understandable that at first she was a little bit scared and freaking, but eventually she calmed down. But then she started freaking out again when she ran away from the house and ripped her shirt, r- ripped her skin on the fence. You know, I mean, that kind of stuff. Like once you've escaped from the house, now you're free. You're away from them. Take your time. Be calm about it. Don't now start freaking out trying to get away from like, you know, Friday the 13th movies. You're running away from Jason. He's behind you. You trip and he catches up. It's your own fault when you get killed in those movies. That's a great point. So I I, I mean, this movie is littered with lessons, easy lessons that you could come up with. The very first one that, and it's not, because I, I have like six or seven lessons, but um, I could couple them together. So anything with the kid was irritating, not irritating. It was like, I can't believe that. So the very first scene, you see the guy running and it goes up to one of the kids, help me, help me. They're trying to kill me. Like, why would you go to a kid when adults are trying to kill you? Yeah. Now, here's what I'm thinking. If I was that guy, I would think, this is one of their kids. They're trying to kill me. Let me pick him up and don't and just like guard myself. Here's my with this kid. Yes, I'm because they're going to kill me no matter what. Let me go ahead and do that. And so I would have done that. And so that was like, man, why would I go to a kid and say, help me, help me? Like, uh, what are you going to do? Same thing with the kid that she runs into in that barn. Um, you know, oh, hey, help me. He gets shot in the hand. It gets a hole mm-hmm. in the hand. Like, oh, my goodness. And then climbing out of that thing. That, that, that was cool. Thing, that was really cool. So 
all that. I was like, wow, ooh, that's disgustingly yeah. horrible. But yeah. and painful when she got Huge. hung on it like that. Oh yes. my god. Huge, but it saved her life. It yeah. Saved her. It um, did. So that's my lesson is literally never go to kid. If your life depends on it, don't worry about the kid or get away from that. Like either use the bad kid as as um and uh the bad kid in the very beginning, utilizing him as the shield or something or a hostage. The second thing she should have done is literally just pick up that kid and throw him in the pit. Like just, Hey, this, that's, this is what you get kid for shooting me. Oh, I keep hitting my cord um, for shooting me with a gun. This is what you get for being such a jerk and throw him in there. And eventually he might get out, but that's who cares. Absolutely. Good point. I love that lesson right there. My second lesson is you cannot choose your family, but you can choose to not to be a part of it. So Alex, obviously, and his brother, Daniel, you know, he was an alcoholic because he hated his family, didn't want to be there, didn't even love his wife or anything, right? She was into the family, into the riches and stuff. Neither brother wanted to be part of it. They That's their time to just leave. Be done with it. So what if they've got money now? You got to fend for yourself and work just like everybody else. So be it, right? At least you're not a part of this family that's willing to worship Satan and willing to kill people, right? Kill, like, in the very beginning, they killed their aunt's brand new husband, who she obviously loved, but they were all willing to do it. You don't want to be a part of that. You can't choose them, but you can choose to get away from them. That's a great point. I had the same lessons. Leave crazy families. Good thing, you know, we're blessed to have a family that's not crazy. Apparently, there are prob- I bet there are plenty of families that are crazy out there, but for us, we don't have a crazy family, so we're, we're we're good. So that was my second lesson: was you want to leave crazy families. But when you brought up um, uh, a, a few minutes ago the um, the room that had all the weapons and everything, I literally thought of another movie when they she started walking into that move into that room with all of the taxidermied animals, all the the stuffed animals or not stuffed animals, um, uh, um, yeah, taxidermied animals. What movie did you think of? Oh, Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls. This is a lovely room of death. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love it. There's no other movie where, uh, uh, you know, a room full of taxidermied heads can bring to mind for me. That's it no, right there. None at all. He's like, gah, gah, gah. Yeah. <laughs> the camera's spinning around him. So perfect. I love it. it. Oh, my goodness. It was brilliant. So that's literally what I thought of. This is a lovely room of death. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And that was, man, oh. Geez, all those guns on the wall, too, because I think uh, in Ace Ventura, they didn't have guns on the wall. At least I don't recall just a ton of dead dead heads. Yeah, for yep. sure. Yep. Yep. All right. So uh, let me see. My third lesson is stay in shape enough to jump over fences. Right. At the very end, like she should have been physically fit enough to just jump over that fence. She wasn't too hurt at that time when she ran out of the property. She got out of the house and then she was trying to squeeze through the fence and she ripped up her skin that way. Uh, That's one of the reasons why, like, I'm, you know, I'm planning on just staying physically fit and healthy, lifting weights, kettlebells, pull ups, all that stuff my whole life so that I can run and jump over the fences when the zombie apocalypse comes and they're chasing after me, you know. I think it's a great point. I'm always going to be healthy. Like our dad, he went and walked seven, seven to 900 miles around Japan. I can't remember exactly what the number was, but um, walked all around Japan at 70 years old. I mean, that's just amazing. And so I definitely want to stay active. Um, one thing with that crawling, and this is not one of the lessons, but it's definitely something I thought of. She's going, she, she bends and breaks the bar of that fence. That piece of metal that cutter in the back i think it was the back it cutter um the side and in the back all she had to do was pull out and literally start kicking it just a little bit so that it doesn't stick straight where it cuts her oh it's yeah bent like that so it kind of mm-hmm. slides past mm-hmm. it all she had to do was that which yeah. oh well she's trying to get the car i get it but um yeah so i had so many other lessons let me pull up a couple of i'll go through a couple of them really quick okay. so explanations 
if I were her, I'd be like, what is going on? But that's not what I want. I want what, how do I get out? Like, how do we get away? I get it. They're trying to kill me. Okay. They're trying to kill me. Let's get out. Then get the explanations of everything. Let's get away. Not, Oh, tell me right now. You have to tell me right now. Why get away first. And so that's a huge, huge lesson. Get safe first. Next one is never marry into a crazy family. And so that's something that, um, no, sorry, not, you should not get into a crazy family because she didn't know, but he, should never have gotten married. I mean, he thought, you know, it, hey, it might bypass me. Well, the deck's stacked against you. I mean, the, sorry, the deck is stacked against you where it's going to actually go with her. She's being selected, making sure that you're now the new patriarch of the family. He is going to make sure that you're going to be the right one that's going to actually follow through. So another one is keep running. Like, never stop running. Just keep going. Now, obviously be, be smart, making sure you're not going to be seen, but like, why would you even stop? Just keep going, keep going. And one thing I didn't like, and this is my big long lesson in the long run, um, uh, everything about getting away, you know, getting away, getting away, getting away. What I think I didn't like was how easy it was for the butler to find her. That was Mm. so stupid. That was absolutely unrealistic um, to find her. But at the same time, she was running through grass, like a big open. She literally should not have done that. She should have stayed in the forest, which he would literally have never found her. If he's walking around with a flashlight, you just see, okay, he's right there. I see the flashlight. Let me just hold still. Eventually, he'll go by. He won't find me. So uh, the last thing was grab your enemy's gun. The kid that shot you in the hand, grab his gun. And That's you right. have protection. There's oh, there's so many things like riddled. Oh, yeah. But um, so many great lessons of, you know, shoot, a- anytime that you need to get away, you just keep going. Yep. Yep. I think uh, all those things that you just now pointed out, uh, that kind of highlights the difficulty in writing a movie like this, right? Creating a reason for her to be stuck in the house and not be able to get out. Oh, there's security doors and the windows all locked down. But it's an old Victorian house. I mean, you actually spent the money to do that just in case somebody drew that card so they couldn't get out. You, you know, there, there are so many things that they have to do in these kinds of movies to uh, to massage things in their favor, you know, Oh, the cell phones don't work or, you know, they took all the cell phones. I mean, all that kind of stuff. It's really tough to write these kinds of movies. So I often, I I kind of allow myself to overlook those, even though I do notice them, I try not to let that detract from the movie going experience, you know? I think that's a good point. That's mm-hmm. a really good point. I mean, and, and it wasn't so bad where it was like, oh my goodness, they're yeah. horrible, a lazy writing and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, some, but, yeah, you're right. Like this didn't feel like lazy writing. It felt like they missed some aspects and they, and they kind of just ignored a few small things. It's not like, uh, you know, some Star Wars lazy writing kind of stuff. <laughs> which we know is horrible. So yes. I have two Monday morning quarterbacks. The first one was, was easy. Um, like the, 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 and I said this as a lesson, but um, Alex should not have gotten married. Like literally, hey, I know this is going to happen. I don't need to get married. I could just sleep around as much as I want. There's no point in getting married. But who knows? Maybe it might be. You have to get married. I I, I don't know. So, they didn't mention that if so. Yes. But here is my number one money morning quarterback. Number one money morning quarterback is Rottweilers. Rottweilers in the yard. She is not going anywhere. Like True. Uh, that, you're done. Don't even worry about locking. Leave the windows open. She's not going anywhere. You're right. And that keeps her in. Good point. Good point. Rottweilers and pit bulls. That's all you need out there. And a few really fast Doberman pinchers. 
There you go. Feedback, yes. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Sure. Feed and you got the ferociousness and the muscle. Yes. Yep. I love it. I love it. Um, so my Monday quarterback, Monday morning quarterback was right along with yours, where Alex should not have even married her because here's the thing. Her brother Daniel, the mother, everybody knows that that she is a really good, really like warm, kind, caring person, right? How is she gonna react once she is in this family? They're obviously a lot of like really unsavory, not the greatest of people. She is not going to be happy marrying into this family. Uh, he So he did her that disservice. But then the whole Satan worship thing and being willing to kill people, that's another aspect. As soon as she finds that out, she's divorcing your ass. Why Why get married in the first place to her? So you're 100% right on that uh, Monday morning quarterback. Great point. Great yep. point. So what is the one prop that you would like to have? It's easy, even though it was barely used in the game, that big elephant gun with that awesome gigantic uh, bandolier, you know, those gigantic, like, I don't know, quarter inch round bullets, whatever those were that looked awesome, even though it wasn't used so much. Maybe I could take like in, you know, in the movie poster, you see her in her white dress with the bandolier and the gun, maybe that combination in like a glass case right over here would be pretty cool. And you also have it in case tremors, those tremor uh, bugs or like those worms start popping up. You'll have it for that too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Graboids. That's what they were. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, for sure. You're right. I can Bert Gummer these suckers, you know? (laughs) Cool. So I, you know what? I'm going to have to say that. I mean, that's the only one that is actually fairly iconic. I can't think of any. um, The only other one is that box that pops out the card. Um, that's the only other thing, but yeah. uh, that's, that's, I could leave that. I could literally see the the rifle on my shelf or my, on well, my, on the wall, just like, boom, right there. Totally. Absolutely. I'd have that. So wheat, man. Good, good. So um, let me see here. I'm just taking a look at my notes. Uh, is there anything that we forgot to mention? No, no, nothing I could think of. Cool beans, cool beans. So uh, this kind of like we both chose this movie together this week. So I'm going to give you the choice, Dust. What are we going to learn from next week? I want to go through and watch Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, as well as eventually, hopefully, The Bogus Journey, because I think we got Bill and Ted's coming out, the third one, like Face the Music, or is that what it's called? Something like that? Something along those lines, Yes. Yes, and so I so want to watch the next, the the third in the trilogy. Um, I love part two. Part two was almost more, in fact, I almost like part two better than part one. But um, let's watch Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Wow, that's really interesting. Uh, for me, yes, I, I, I love the fact that we'll watch that next week and learn from it. But my gut instinct, I haven't seen either one for a few years now, um, but my gut instinct is part one I enjoy more. So we might have to maybe part one next week, maybe the week after part two, depending on what's going on in theaters. Oh, wait, the next week is 1917 probably, right? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a reason why I like part two better was the introduction of death, the character of yes. death. I thought that was fun. He was a good, I can't, he was in Die Hard 2. Um, the guy, he's a really good actor and he was really fun in that movie. So he brought a new dynamic to the movie. Totally. It did. So I am, I'm definitely looking forward to that one. Uh, all right, Ted. Oh, go ahead. What? Oh, just going to say, I'm excited to hear Blown Ted's. Cool beans. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We really do appreciate your ears. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. And of course, you know how we feel about it. We would love to hear your thoughts. So go to watchandlearnpodcast.com slash pod 81 and leave a comment at the bottom of the page. All righty. My name is Sky. And I'm Dusty. And we will return next week with Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Adventure.